This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Thursday, April 15th, 2021. On this day in 2013, Mohamed Alessa and Carlos Almonte were sentenced to over 20 years for conspiring to commit murder on behalf of terrorist organization Al-Shabaab. Intelligence authorities had monitored the young men since they were teenagers. For four years, they discussed beheading non-Muslims and sending overseas soldiers home sliced up in a thousand pieces. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of these crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering the sentencing of 23-year-old Mohamed Alessa and 27-year-old Carlos Almonte. Let's go back to New Jersey on April 15, 2012, around 1 p.m. The day had finally come to sentence Mohamed Alessa and Carlos Almonte for their crimes. The young men had been convicted of conspiring to fly to Somalia to join the international terrorist organization Al-Shabaab, but they had much bigger plans than that. The two of them had discussed murdering individuals whose beliefs failed to align with their own radical ideology. Prosecutors argued that the suspects were extremists who needed to be locked up for at least three decades. Left to their own devices, Alessa and Almonte could pose a real threat in America and abroad. On the other hand, the defense team made the case that Alessa and Almonte were young and misguided. They'd been troubled teenagers, but their dark fantasies were just delusions. The defendant's attorneys said the suspect's alarming plans added up to just a lot of babble, elicited and exaggerated by an undercover cop. But the argument didn't hold. 23-year-old Alessa was sentenced to 22 years in federal prison, and 27-year-old Carlos Almonte was given 20 years behind bars. It was a grim fate for two young men whose lives had barely begun. Mohammed Alessa's Palestinian parents pampered him as a kid. Though his folks weren't rich, they worked hard to maintain their New Jersey home. They wanted to provide their son with more than they had growing up. But from an early age, Alessa was hot-headed and prone to throwing temper tantrums. He got into playground fights and hurled threats and jabs at friends and family. At six years old, Alessa's parents took him to various psychoanalysts, but medicine and therapy did little to help him manage his temper. The child's ill-natured attitude and knee-jerk anger got him kicked out of school as many as 10 times before he graduated high school. Alessa's neighbors often remembered him shouting at his mom. He took a sledgehammer to his father's car. 
Once, he even roughed up the family business, a hole-in-the-wall deli, by throwing food and knocking down shelves. Medication did little to ease his troubling behavior. And the older Alessa got, the more he neglected to take his medication. Finally, he stopped taking it altogether. Teachers and counselors said Alessa was a violent kid. He always threatened classmates, insinuated plans to blow up the school, and expressed a desire to mutilate innocent members of the LGBTQ community and castigate insubordinate women. He was so unruly, instructors had to teach him separately from other students and under a security guard's watch. Two of his schools even contacted the Department of Homeland Security. On the other hand, Carlos Almonte flew under the radar growing up. Born to Dominican parents in New Jersey, he was mostly quiet and even-tempered. He had no drive, no direction. But that changed when 19-year-old Almonte came across an extremist variation of Islam known as jihadism. He grew obsessed with the extreme version of the faith and began preaching to his family. Ultimately, his fervor upset them so much, Almonte alienated himself from those who loved him most. As a teenager, Almonte had been arrested for petty crimes three times in 16 weeks. By the time he was 20, his criminal record included arrests for possession of weapons and aggravated assault. Then he started posting extremist content online. Almonte stayed up all hours, railing against America in comment threads and on social media and he had a kindred spirit in Mohammed Alessa. The boys became friends in 2005 when Alessa was 14. Those who knew them wrote them off as arrogant windbags. Their peers avoided them, but not because they were feared in any way. Almonte and Alessa did the things most young men do. They hung out at the local halal joint, played table tennis, or rode into the city looking for fun. But they also did things most young men don't do. They ranted about beheading people, argued over the best ways to kill someone, and dreamt about dismembering American soldiers. Whenever they got together, the conversation quickly turned to plans of violence. The pair worked out hardcore, lifting weights to prime their bodies for battle. They hiked in the snow, played violent games, and trolled the web for terrorist content. They stockpiled thousands of dollars to buy flights to Jordan and Somalia. They even used paintball guns to engage in combat scrimmages to map out the most effective attack strategies. But their planning didn't end there. Alessa and Almonte loaded up on special computer software, various uniforms and battle dress, and other survival tools. Finally, in the winter of 2007, they hopped on a flight to Jordan. The purpose of their trip, to meet with terrorist organizations hell-bent on spreading extremist Islamic law through violence and genocide. Coming up, a cunning member of Elisa and Almonte's inner circle harbors a deep secret. He's an undercover cop. The internet. What would we do without it? So much information, so little time. And yet, with all the answers available online, 
there still lie scores of deep, dark, spooky secrets. Mysteries yet to be solved until now. This isn't clickbait. This is our exclusive new podcast, Internet Urban Legends. I'm Loie, your evidence expert. And I'm Eleanor, the self-proclaimed skeptic. Together, we're the gruesome twosome, sleuths in search of the weirdest stories on the web. Every Tuesday, we investigate the internet's creepiest conundrums, covering each conspiracy theory and combing through every clue to separate hoax from haunt. Whether it's the video sure to make you lose your appetite, blank room soup, or every kid's worst nightmare, the terrifying truth behind Disney's deaths, or every parent's worst nightmare, social media's Momo challenge. Each episode of Internet Urban Legends is chock full of disturbing details which are either truly demented or ripe for debunking. And no matter our conclusion, we're sure to be left scared half to death. So won't you join us? Follow our new Spotify original from Parcast, Internet Urban Legends. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. Just after 1 p.m. on April 15, 2013, a federal court sentenced Mohamed Alessa and Carlos Almonte to 22 years and 20 years behind bars, respectively. The punishment was issued for plotting the murders of non-Muslims outside the United States. In the way most young adults travel to interview at universities, Alessa and Almonte booked travel to Jordan in 2007 to meet with various terrorist organizations. They'd been devouring jihadist videos online, one of which was presumably a recruitment effort by Al-Shabaab, a Somalian international terrorist group affiliated with Al-Qaeda. Around that time, the FBI got a tip about the boys. The feds opened an investigation, and an undercover NYPD intelligence division officer was put on the case. He befriended Almonte and Alessa and recorded several casual meetings in which the suspects made preparations to carry out their master plan. The covert officer followed Alessa and Almonte for four years. In all that time, they never deviated from the topics of radical Islam, weaponry, and plans of genocide. Things always centered around serving al-Qaeda and working with affiliated groups. But authorities needed more than just conversations and plans in order to arrest them. By the standards of criminal law in the U.S., a conspiracy is an agreement between two or more people to commit a crime. But sometimes legislation requires an overt action toward that agreement be made to constitute a chargeable offense. Though Alessa and Almonte planned to travel outside the United States to join al-Shabaab, they had to act on those plans in order to be arrested. So when they booked their tickets to Egypt to meet up with their group, their undercover friend made sure the feds were ready. 
On the afternoon of June 5th, 2010, Almonte and Alessa took different taxicabs from their New Jersey homes to JFK International Airport. The conspirators arrived at separate gates. One was set to depart at 6.30 p.m. on Egypt Air. The other had a seat on a Delta flight at 9.55 p.m. But as they waited for their respective trips, they overlooked the plainclothes FBI agents from the Joint Terrorism Task Force surrounding the terminals. When Alessa and Almonte finally attempted to board their flights, the teams pounced and took them into custody. Both Almonte and Alessa pleaded guilty to engaging in a conspiracy to murder people overseas by joining al-Shabaab. Their pleas were part of a deal that limited their likely imprisonment to no more than 30 years. When given a chance to address the court on that April day in 2013, Alessa said, I did break the law, and I have no one to blame but myself. I'm no longer a child, and I have learned in jail that there are consequences to my actions. But the plotter's remorse did nothing to dissuade the judge from adding to their prison sentences. If Alessa and Almonte eventually make parole, they will still serve lifetime terms of supervised release. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Espionage. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by John Levinson, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells and Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 